What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting the high notes jazz talk. It is I, Hootran. You can find me on the Twitterverse and the IG at Hootran Superman. That's H-U-U-T-R-A-N Superman. Uh, Twitterverse, uh, Twitter and IG, as I said. And I am here. First of all, let's bring on Mr. Go the Distance 49, Jared. What's up, Jared? Uh, not much. Who hell the hell, hell are you? All right, well, with casual swearing in the in 2021, apparently. <laughs> well, hey, hell, hell isn't a swear word. It's uh, I mean, it's uh, Bart Simpson classifies it as like a minor swear word because he says hell right. damn fart. It's, it's casual swearing. Um, hell uh, damn fart. Yeah, and Homer says, um, uh, could you could you um, uh, could you cut down on the um, uh, on the casual swearing? Damn right, I will. <laughs> um, all right, well, Jared, thanks for bringing that in with us, uh, Mister. Uh, the he's he's from the Squatch Pod. It's the Dragon Squatch. He um, uh, is Brody Lee's um, uh, half brother. What's up, uh, Logan Cox? No, not much. Just sitting there trying to figure out if we are the uh, if we're the equivalent of the screen assist in the Jazz Co-op <laughs> podcast group. I'm not really sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, I think that might be where we're at. That's, a, that's a good tease. Did, did you screen well. for? Uh, are you saying that we we screened for the twos and threes so that they could do well, a crossover pod with the? Well, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to get is are we are we a valuable asset? Um, uh, how real are we? But uh, we'll, we'll we'll really find out who the true believers of the jazz co-op are because if, if they listen, we'll know they're really a part of the group. So yeah, time will tell. Time will <laughs> tell who's really a part of it. They'll they'll shout us out. And, Hello, true believers. Yeah, I think Logan Cox really is now Stanley. Yeah, Mark is very Mark is Mark from the twos and threes, the twos and threes podcast, which you can find on um, uh, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, all that all that good stuff. Um, uh, he's been very, um, uh, he, he's, I think he's very dedicated. I don't think anybody else is part of the co-op is, uh, but that's fine. That's okay. Uh, we, we have well, our fan base. I mean, dedicated to what? What do you mean exactly? It's like listening, just like whenever we put an episode out, you know, pretty oh, dedicated. oh yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't, don't mind if people listen or not. It's, it's to me, it's, I mind know, very it's much. Kind of, <laughs> it's a free country, you know, who, I mean, that, at least that's what they say. I mean, I uh, guess that's why people aren't wearing masks and stuff. We'll we'll see. They want to be free, free. So, um, guys, um, uh, let me just open up my my podcasting book of uh, of uh, of like just lame holiday intros. But people want to know, Logan, how was your Christmas? Uh, I that's uh, I don't know. That was like a week ago. Those those were far. <laughs> That was a long time. Ago. That was a long time in the past. No, it was awesome. Obviously, when you got a three-year-old, it makes the holidays uh, pretty phenomenal. So she gets into it. There's like just overwhelmed. I don't think she slept in like four days. Just like wakes up, amped up, ready for more toys, and just can't relax. So we've got, oh, we've got well, I mean, it's a hot, wheel, hot wheel collection now, which may or may not have been for her. But either <laughs> way, we've we've got the things we need. Uh, that's that's cute. That that DJ Honeypaws likes it. How about your daughter? Did she like it? Uh, yeah, we got her like a handful of granola <laughs> and like a couple Hershey kisses or something. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure she, I mean, she's way into that. So yeah, I mean, no. What, what, but, but honestly, when you when you when you buy something because you know you need to buy it for Christmas and you have you have a legitimate debate whether it should be for DJ or for your daughter, that's when you know they're pretty well synced up. <laughs> uh, and I really didn't know who. And when they when she, when they opened it up, they both enjoyed it equally. So I think it was pr- pretty accurate. So. No, well, you know the the spirit of giving is this holiday season, folks. Um, J Rod, you could find Logan wearing his pink top hat at <laughs> DJ Honeypaws uh, on Twitter with a Z uh, and Instagram uh, with S on Instagram. J Rod, um, uh, you guys, you get anything like you know? You don't have a three year old J Rod, but um, uh, how how was your um, uh, Christmas there? I mean, uh, Christmas is kind of a weird time of year for me, especially seeing as I don't. Didn't get to because of COVID. I'm not really visiting anybody uh, in my family that has the kids, so it's it's kind of weird, man. Uh, oh, oh yeah, it's, it's the year of COVID, folks. Um, uh, well, hopefully next year you'll make it uh, a much bigger, stronger co- uh, um, Christmas uh, Christmas season. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I think this is going to be a really solid year for me in that regard. So. Uh, how, how, how was your Christmas with, with the with the seventeen um, single moms who have three kids apiece, which is your standard? You, you must know, be broke. Um, that's why that's why he's working seven days a week, Jared. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, honestly. I I didn't think about that part, Logan. So I'm glad that you brought that up. 
so uh, so I think I don't know if we made this joke here on the squash probably talked about how I no no we joked in, about this here absolutely in the few we, we talked about last, you dropping off packages to to all of those kids in the last few months I have been dating um, uh, girls that have uh, that have uh, kids ironically um, they all stopped talking to me around December which you know it happens damn uh, but um, uh, you know Christmas lo- to you well like I'm not surprised. Uh, Logan like talks about like you know he has a three year old daughter. My ex who I'm very close with um has a seven and eight year old and um this year I wanted to make it really special for them and I wanted to kind of get them in the the spirit of giving so I had them pick out a gift for their grandma and their mom. I bought it obviously and then wrapped it and then had them give it to um uh, their family that way they can kind of like feel the joy like I love giving presents to to people so. Um, uh, that's one of my favorite parts of Christmas. So yeah, they did that. And then I got some cool stuff. I have a new job where I actually do have to work on Christmas, which kind of a bummer. I, you know, you get paid double time, but sometimes you just rather like have time off, you know? So it is what it is. Um, but you know, that so, does go ahead. So Tran, so Tran Claus did, did ride that night. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> Uh, no, deli- uh, delivering gifts. I'm not talking about. Yeah, delivering yeah. gifts. <laughs> delivering gifts. Um, I have to be very so careful. Many packages to be delivered. So yeah, little time. Just, just. All right. Well, I'm gonna let that go, folks. But um, jazz fans uh, enjoyed a, a really good Christmas. Uh, we talked about it last week. Jazz fans got um, uh, the Rudy Gobert extension and. Then they also got to, to go to games. They got to see games. The Jazz um, uh, blow out Portland in the in the season opener on the road. Really great. Came home um, against the Timberwolves. Those you know those pesky Timberwolves, as, as we like to say. Uh, dropped that one at home uh, for the home opener, but there was actually fans in the stands and sounded pretty loud. Um, uh, unfortunately, the Jazz came just a little bit short after looking kind of sluggish. Uh, but then um, went to OKC. Uh, and this is, uh, I feel so embarrassed because I posted a picture and of course, some, uh, Andy Larson retweets a picture that's actually had incorrect information. I was, I was like, why is this getting so much of a, uh, traction on Twitter here? But anyway, it, it was close, but it wasn't the exact right. But jazz hadn't won in Oklahoma city since October 31st, um, 2000, I think it was says 10. And, um, the jazz actually got, got a win. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but Logan, the Jazz are two and one when it's all said and done. Uh, ugly wins, good wins, ugly losses. There was a whole mix of everything this week uh, for the Jazz. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm a th- you know I, I know you're way too soon. Three games into the season's thoughts about the Jazz. Yeah, the uh, the I, I think the the first three games were kind of typical Jazz, right? Like you get you get a, a game that makes you feel amazing, then a game that brings you down. The Oklahoma City one was the the last two are at least in my perspective, a little bit concerning. Um, I don't, to to play that, I mean, if you have a bad game, that's one thing, but they, they really didn't do too too well against Oklahoma City either in Oklahoma. Um, the, the, the 10 years is interesting. I didn't know that even existed until you guys put it out there, but um, that's, 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 that's a long run, and I don't know, it's still, still, still barely uh, we're able to squeak it out there. I don't know, as I watched the first, the first three games, um, in my, from my perspective, it seems like there's some things that are going very well. And there's some things that still haven't quite clicked. I, it seems to me like that Clarkson, Connolly, and Gobert seem to be doing their jobs as far as what uh, we expect them to do. Um, I think Joe Ingles is kind of in borderline there. There's moments where he feels like, I mean, the, the stat line looks like he's doing okay. I don't know, really know what we expect from him. He has been, you know, not passing up the open threes as often, I guess. So that's positive in progress. Um, so, I mean, th- those, those, those three, those 3.5 have been, you know, I, at least from my perspective, feel like they've been doing what we, we want them to do. And that, that is positive because there was some question marks about Conley, obviously, uh, and what he really was going to be. Uh, I think it's no secret that Bohan's been a little rough. Uh, it, it, he hasn't quite started off, but, and I guess people have said he doesn't, he normally doesn't start off well and he kind of has to get his rhythm going. It's, this is, I guess the equivalent of, of, uh, what, uh, preseason basketball um and it's just it's, it's no secret either though that don don has struggled the most uh, he's been able to make plays down the stretch but i don't know it's it's it's, it's definitely been really bizarre uh to be so extreme so early but i guess that's that's what it is um and i, I don't want to steal anyone else's thunder but the, the the rest of this week will be more telling i think because you can't play that way and 
and beat the next two teams we've got. So, yeah. Um, there are probably people yelling at their phone or radio, whatever they're listening on, that they're they're well actually gonna be like, well, no, the Jazz won the playoff game. Yeah, I get it. Right, they have won in the regular season in ten years in Oklahoma City. There, all right. I know people were like, and it was one of my first thoughts too. Was like, I was like, they won in Oklahoma City in the playoffs, but it doesn't count. Uh, well, it doesn't count for that stat that we just put out there. So. Jared, yeah, the, the NBA has always been like that, though. They'll, they'll have playoff stats and regular season stats. Right, right, right. They right. just like to kind of separate them for whatever reason. Yeah, and and it, it's, it is fine. Because, I mean, I, I do understand. But anyway, moving on. Jared, uh, I mean, so you heard what Logan said. You know, we, we got a couple guys looking good. You know, some concerning. you have any concerns? Or are you well, thinking that I mean, uh, just to add to, to Logan's point, um, Sarah Todd wrote an article about I don't know if we can call her friend of the pod. She's been on the pod and who was trying to book her for another guest appearance, which I don't know. I guess that's the threshold for the friend of the pod, in my opinion. Somebody who agrees to be a guest on a show with uh, with us schmucks, is they're good in my book, they're a friend. Um, anyway, so she had a great write-up about how Boyan hadn't touched a basketball in like eight months. And so like, it's even more of a drastic layoff than we than we realize when you know when you think of it in those terms you're just like this guy hasn't taken that long of a period off from basketball ever in his you know not even just his nba career but ever since he started playing basketball so i mean for him it's it really is it's kind of like preseason last year when he struggled you know because he had a little bit of a layoff because he didn't uh, do international play the year before so or i mean the, the summer before so I, yeah i think i think for him the struggles are very much expected i think what surprised me more is Donovan seems to be struggling a lot more than I expected, which I, I don't know what to make of that, honestly. Uh, I think he'll be fine, but it is kind of confusing. Like he, he, I don't know if you saw the list of people he was um, alongside of who he was struggling, the most missed shots or whatever. He was on a list with like Andrew Wiggins and a bunch of other guys that you're like, oh, yeah, that's not, not great company. Um, but, you know, he's the one notable name on there, and I figure he'll be fine. Is it? I mean, it's a little surprising, I guess, because like I, I guess everybody's last memories of Donovan were the bubble Donovan, but we sort of talked about this even coming into the season. That, though, like, I mean, yeah, he's he slumps in the beginning of the year, but it felt like last year he wasn't quite as uh, sluggish to start the year as this year. I mean, I suppose I could go look up and compare the numbers on something yeah. like Basketball Reference, but but I, I do feel like because he started the rookie year, you know, that was expected. Then he had that sophomore slump. And then, like, I, I do feel like I'm a, Donovan's kind of a slow starter. So, like, I mean, it is what it is with Donovan. And um, uh, that's sort of the problem, right, um, uh, is that we talk about how the Jazz have kind of built the team to go as Donovan goes. Oh, hey, and, wait. Uh, Let me make a parallel here. You know who else was a slow starter? Gordon Hayward. Ah. He was. He was always sluggish to start the year. Yeah, he's still, like, he's still take from that what you will, Jazz fans. He's still trying to crank it up 10 years later, so we're still waiting. Uh, and so, um, but yeah, so the Jazz, um, you know, we talked about how, like, their their plan is, like, really, like, as long as Donovan grows, like, if Donovan can become a top 5-10 player in the NBA, um, then uh, the Jazz have a, have a shot of, you know, going with this roster and becoming legit contenders. But um, I don't know, like, does this concern you that Donovan doesn't have that, doesn't have it to, to reach that threshold? I mean, it's. I think it's. I don't know. We 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 saw we saw the way the Oklahoma City game ended as he got. I think every possession for like the last. I don't even know for the last five minutes of the game was all run through Donovan. So he scored they, the last uh, twelve points for the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. They, and and I think he had like even the misses were all him. It was like he was like seven to ten possess. Seven to ten straight trips was Donovan doing something. So they've they've put all their eggs in that basket. And and to his credit, he rose to the occasion at the end when he had to. Um, he did. He did play. He actually did very well towards the end of the game. So um, I think what honestly the, the the Dom thing, like I, you guys, I think there's something to what you're saying. Who he has notoriously felt like a slow starter, with the exception of the rookie year, because he was this pleasant surprise. Um, but I, I feel like this is a conversation we have every year with Donovan, and not just the first half, first half of the season, but first half of games. Yeah, well, I think you guys are remembering how badly Dom. he played the first part of his rookie year. Like he wasn't good for those first 10 well, yeah. games. I mean, cause like he just have to, he, he was, 
he looked like a rookie out there. And like, you know, so it the, the rookie year is like one where I, I was like, yeah, I, I had no idea what to expect anyway. But then, you know, he, he turned it up. So, um, yeah, you see, that, that, that's that, that, that doesn't you guys had no expect. We had no expectations for right, Donovan right. Mitchell the first 10 games. He was a summer league diva, a summer league diva. There was no expectation for what he was. So I guess if we want to say he had a quote unquote slow start his first 10 games. That's fine. At the end of the day, though, it shouldn't have been up to Don. They should have they should have blown Minnesota off the floor, and they should have blown Oklahoma City as a team off the floor, much like they did with Portland, because Don wasn't much different in the, in any of those three games, right? So I mean that that there is there is something to be said for him, but I mean he, it's just it, it, none of those games should have been that close. I'll be honest. I think Minnesota is a lot better than than people are giving them credit I, for. I was about to say that because like I saw someone tweet out like um. Uh, the Jazz playing down in the competition again in Minnesota, but I mean, Logan, we kind of talked about this when we did our preview, right? Like Minnesota, like oh maybe, but really the West is just like there's always that team that the team or two yeah. that um, uh, like really over overdo the production projections, and I kind of thought Minnesota was in that like I know I talked about how like the tiers are you know the top Lakers and then everybody else, but there there's a tier of like you know you got your your title contenders your playoff contenders. And then you have like the next tier of like, could be surprising tier. And I think Minnesota kind of falls into that, into that um, area. Um, Cause I don't know if they're, I mean, we're three games in the season. I don't know if they're bad or good. I don't know if the jobs are bad or good. Um, you know, we don't have enough data to truly really suggest that I think so. Um, but I mean, Minnesota got, I mean, Anthony Edwards looks like I mean, the number one pick looks like a pretty good baller, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ant-Man and uh, Culver have, Culver seems like he grew a lot over the offseason, and Anthony Edwards just, yeah, he looks fantastic. So I think they kind of nailed their draft picks, and the uh, Saunders, uh, uh, Flip Saunders kid looks looks like he's a decent coach. Like, he, he's starting to look like those guys are being coached up, and they, I don't know, they look really good, man. It's, let's it's, go ahead. Uh, let's yeah. Let's go ahead and and, and, and earmark this. And when the season's over, and like Ken, like uh, Kendrick Perkins said last year, when they're terrible again, we can revisit the the point that Minnesota is not that good. You, wait, were, are you are you were, leaning were, on Kendrick Perkins am, as I, like was, your 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 it, source it of, of the, good infor- basketball information? Wow. It was one of the few wow. times he was right. In, one of the few times he was right and correct was Kendrick <laughs> was was on Minnesota. So, well, I mean, I, I, they, I they just were, think they were, that those two players top by nearly 20 good. points almost all night. We really think that Minnesota's 20 points better than the Jazz. No, I think the Jazz had an awful start to that game. That's, that's they the point I'm much at. better down the stretch. But I guess the the point I'm making is that I'm a, like we're all right in Timberwolves off as like a non-playoff team. But I mean, I think they're right in the mix for the eighth seed, eighth, seventh, and like. Eighth. If you told me to pick between the Wolves and the Warriors to get in the playoffs, I'd pick the Wolves right now. So yeah, serious, just because I'm. Uh, I mean, again, it's really early, but I don't know if the Warriors are necessarily bad. But I think they well, might. The just only be teams they've beaten okay. are bad, so I don't know how good they are. Who the Wolves? No, the Warriors. Oh, the, I, I, the Warriors I, yeah. beat the Bulls, and they beat uh, some other garbage team. Which other garbage team? Did they beat? I don't know. Timberwolves, maybe. No, they didn't play the Timberwolves. Uh, yeah, we'll so. I mean, and that's things that like we're we're in the season. I mean, everybody's like right there, right? Even the even the Lakers are have two losses already, and so I, I think it's just I mean, it's too early to say. All right, this team is definitively bad. This team is definitively good. I mean, there's only a few teams where I can I would say that, and I think everybody else is is, is going to be close, and so yeah. I think a lot of NBA talking heads are you know they they're consi- all of them are consistently saying. I mean, you're going to be getting blowouts because none of these guys are used to, uh, you know, playing a full season yet. And we had basically limited preseason and limited camp. So, I mean, there's going to it's it's going to take at least a couple weeks probably for all this all to normalize. I'm guessing. So, well, this is a this is a weird year because like some teams had two months off, some teams had four months off, some teams so had eight months off. Yeah, like what February, March. So like yeah, nine, nine yeah. The Warriors like, beat the Pistons and the Bulls. That's who they beat. So, uh, and the, I mean the Eastern Conference is. <laughs> I mean, you guys know who the top of the Eastern Conference is? Oh uh, shoot, no, I don't. <laughs> the Orlando the Magic, Hawks, I think. Hawks Orlando Magic at four and zero. Oh yeah, Hawks and Magic are undefeated. Them, well, neither are, of them, I think, are for real. I think Hawks that's going to come crashing down. 
Hawks have a loss. Hawks are interesting because um uh, they they went and got some people, and I think the Hawks are probably probably um, uh, contenders here. But Hawks I mean, Hawks lost what, like two or three tonight to Brooklyn, I think. Yeah, they oh, lost. Barely yeah. lost. Okay. They so, were undefeated anyway. like yesterday. Right, I mean, the Cavs were undefeated yesterday too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, the East is all the, the East is all weird. Um. So Logan, should, should, should we have like a Warrior segment every week? Because <laughs> like, um, uh, whenever I see the Warriors, I just think of you. you and really like should. Much, you should uh, check in on Steph Curry. Oh, they yeah. lost to the Nets though. Of course they lost to the Nets. The Nets. You know, yeah. The Nets are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Nets are good. Yeah, they lost like the Nets in like Milwaukee or something. I mean, the Warriors. So, have a... But 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 when they lost, they really got their doors blown off. Like it wasn't yeah. like it was like forty points. It was bad yeah. news. But no, um, no, I, I mean, the Hawks lost to the Nets too. So, but they only lost by like four points. Yes. Uh, yeah, that. yeah. The, Haw- <laughs> the Hawks. The Hawks are Hawks are going to the NBA Finals. Oh. No, uh, I don't, I, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe somehow along the way it got twisted. I'm not, I, yes, it's too, it's too early to, it's too early to know what anyone really is so far. That's fair to say, but if we're doing a jazz podcast and you ask a question about how you, how it's looked so far, I don't know how anyone could be super, like feel super good about the last two games. Like I just, I, I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but like. Oh, I don't think like anyone does feel super back, good about back, the last two games. Back-to-back performances. Well, I mean, that's pretty much what you both are saying. So, um, you know. Uh, I mean, that's what you're reading into it. I, neither yeah, of us okay. have said that we feel great about it. Neither of us have said the Jazz have looked like a top-three team. Neither of us have said any of that. We just think the Jazz are probably a playoff team, and that's it. We don't know anything else other than that. Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. So, so Logan, what what has been what do you think has been concerning to you about the Jazz start? Um, I mean, again, this two and one, but um, uh, we've seen them um, uh, two games where, I mean, what did you see watching the games that you're like, oh, this is this does not look great? Uh, the Oklahoma City game seemed like they had a lot of open looks. I mean, when Lou Dort is is having that kind of time and that type of ability to shoot. It was it was interesting. He had a career high twenty some odd points. Um, it just seemed like the Oklahoma City game all night long, even up until the end, there was a lot of open looks. It seemed like they got a lot, a lot of open looks, and it seemed like they got to the hoop fairly easy consistently. So, um, I just it was it was I don't know I don't know that was that was the biggest concern to me. I can't say I saw all, all I was only able to watch the uh, like small pieces of the Minnesota game. I just saw the the, the huge part that was the score along the bottom um, as I was trying to to do some other things, but. Uh, it just it just it seemed uh, I don't know it just seemed surprising because it seemed like a team that shouldn't have been able to to uh, to basically get whatever they wanted that was that was surprising to me because you know I mean I think everyone's like Dort there's a lot of Dort love in Jazzland um, but he's essentially a, a role player and there's a lot of SGA love which I get but it, was, it seemed like almost everyone was getting a lot of good looks and was able to get whatever they wanted and that part that part seemed surprising to me but, yeah because like um, we talked about this like in the bubble last year and how. I just had like Jamal Murray, right? Like um, uh, Jamal Murray goes God mode in the in the playoffs against the Jazz, and we're like, well, you know, is that Jamal Murray or is that like fifty percent Jamal Murray, fifty percent of the Jazz not playing perimeter defense? And it looks like that's kind of rearing its ugly head. Like, I mean, I don't have the stats on the analytics, but it just sure looks like the the it sure looks like the Jazz perimeter defense is is not stepping up, uh, Jared. Well, I just wonder if because um, we. The, the perimeter defense didn't look atrocious for, against Portland. Uh, I, I mean, we it seemed like we had Dame a little bit out of sorts. He was forcing stuff, and which is why he shot poorly. Um, so I don't know if the, just the fact that OKC has a whole new coaching staff and they've got some new pieces. Al Horford, you know, it seems to have a little bit more left in the tank than a lot of people were expecting. I think we were all right enough. OKC is that they were going to be the bottom of the West immediately, and maybe there's a little bit more or something there than we thought there was. Um, 
but I did. So I, I, I don't think they're more than a 35 win team. I mean, in a regular year, obviously 82 game season, but I mean, the jazz have historically been bad in Oklahoma city. Um, I don't know how much to take away from that game. It's one game, and maybe if we play another game there or a game at home against them and we look just as bad, then obviously that's a real cause for concern. But it's one game, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, so what we saw in both the Minnesota game and the um, Oklahoma City game, turnovers, the Jets turned over, what, 18 to 16, I want to say? Yeah, both and both and, of those uh, defenses were, looked very active and get, were getting their hands up in passing lanes. Mm-hmm. The Jazz did not do a good job of adjusting to yep. defensive pressure, and if the Jazz are going to take any kind of step, they need they need to be able to handle that. So uh, I, I I watched the, I you know I did most of the highlights uh, you know I cut them and put them in for the archives, and I don't know the Portland game didn't impress me that much for the Jazz. I mean they shot really well, good for them. Uh, but like, I don't know if their defense was that great because even like in that little like end of third quarter or like beginning of fourth quarter, see, yeah, but it was it was definitely better than in the other two games, right? But I mean, I don't think it doesn't better doesn't mean good. Like uh, CJ McCollum tore them up in the fourth quarter, but I don't know. I can't I can't, I can't take that data because the Jazz were up by a lot, so I don't know if they were relaxed. But um, yeah, so I I mean I don't mark I don't mark it down as a good performance for the Jazz. Um. It is interesting because um, uh, we did we, we saw it a lot last year. Um, we saw it a lot last year uh, how uh, the Jazz just it felt like um, a perimeter was a problem. Like I mean, we talked about it all in the playoffs, and where we hoped that um, uh, the Jazz would um, uh, have fixed that. And obviously, when you add Derek Favors to the mix, that does help the defense because uh, you know you're, you're not bleeding points. With go with Gobert, out. Um, well, a lot of people were were asking why no Mione, no uh, Shaq Harrison, uh, Logan. Them, did you feel like those two should have got a shot in one of those two games? Uh, I I don't I don't think it. I know, no. I mean those 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 guys are on the end of the bench for a reason. Um, I that I mean over who 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 to give them who whose minutes would we give them? Uh. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think someone so. with less defensive prowess, because the who is harping on the defense. I mean, it, Donovan. Donovan hasn't been great on defense. But yeah, I mean, that's the things I like. Yeah, which which one of these guys? You, Joe Ingles. Um, George Yank's actually been pretty active, and 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 playing his role. Active doesn't mean good. I've, well, seen, I've seen a lot of Yang minutes that. Nangmans, where I'm like, oh, you're not hitting anything, and you're giving up that layup. So, yeah, I don't so I mean, could have been, but I mean, again, I, I mean, well, we we had this we had this debate in in the off season, and I, 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 I've seen it a lot from the Jazz. I've seen it a lot from Quinn Snyder's system that George Yang is going to be that ninth guy, right? Um, and there's a lot of these situational minutes. We talked about how we appreciate consistency in the Jazz system, whether it be you know, consistency in coaching staff, consistency in ownership, whatever consistency is. Uh, but that's the double, the you know, the double-edged sword, the sword of Damocles is that um, you're going to see um, uh, the Jazz not go away from what they've been doing, even when it looks like it's not working. It took it took um, uh, the Jazz 20-ish games, 25 games last year before they decided this Ed Davis thing is not working. Um, would you, Logan? Would you rather see? That consistency, or would you rather see Quinn Snyder go? You know what? We're just gonna pull throw these guys in there. I mean, you already said that you got on the bench for a reason, but would you want to see a little bit uh, of a uh, um, uh, of uh, something a little different than than what we see right now? I mean, it would have it would have been nice if he would have given it a run early on. I mean, because uh, the Oklahoma City game was one of the few ones I've watched from beginning to end in quite a while, and. Uh, it seemed to be quite. It seemed to be from the jump. I mean, there was. I guess there's no reason why you couldn't have run Harrison or Oni out there for a couple of minutes and see if it would have slowed anything down. But um, like you said, it doesn't sound like that's. The well, way, he gave Oni like two it. minutes in that game. He, he gave uh, in the first half. And my shout out to my guy Tolly Jazz for pointing it out to me. Jazz with three Z's. Um, well, Jared, I mean, like, how, how do you feel? Like, I mean, what are the pros and cons of 
the Quinn Snyder consistency system here? What are the pros and cons, do you think? The cons are, well, hey, who 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 has stated on this podcast before that he doesn't want, he's over the mad scientist thing, so he doesn't want experimenting. So how how, how much experimenting with lineups and different stuff do you, are you willing to, to support? Because the expectation now is that you're a playoff team and that you know who your top nine guys are, and so that's who you play. So how much are any fans willing to stomach Quinn deciding, no, we're going to go with like a 10-man rotation. I think Oni is a better defensive option, so I'm going to give him some more of these minutes. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I think it's a, it's a complicated question and a tough ask to, to pin that down, personally. Right. So first of all, like the math scientist thing, I, I just don't enjoy calling Quinn Snyder a math scientist when it's like, oh, you know, we gave Quinn Snyder four months to prefer to the playoffs, wait for it, and then we didn't really see anything different. You know, like he went to the lab and was like, all right, you know, like this year we, we're seeing, well, we thought we were going to see more threes, and we were thought, because I'm a Donovan set after, or before the Minnesota game, he's like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to be able to shoot threes, and if they decide to like play up on pressure on us, we got the pick and roll game. And the yeah, problem is that, that they, really they didn't execute that at all. So you right. have to wonder so. why, what's, where's the disconnect is, like what he's saying and what they're doing are two different things. So where's the disconnect? Yeah, well, then, then that comes down to um, uh, yeah, let's see if the team is able to execute um properly, or if the, you know something needs to change, coach. Because like we've seen it a lot where you know we saw it all last year, like when George Yang was out there, and we're like. Hey, you know, God, I wish there was something else that, but again, we didn't have as many options as we did. Uh, the Jazz didn't have as many options as they had last year. But um, yeah, like um, there were times it's like, oh, you get really frustrated seeing the same thing roll out over and over again to get the same results. Uh, now, I mean, again, uh, th- again, this is one of those two things. Like, you either, I guess, you don't have to be, but like, it feels like you know, we applaud the Jazz organization as a whole, going, hey, they're super consistent. And, you know, whatever they say they're going to do, they do. But then when it comes for change and stuff, they don't change fast enough. So it's just one of those things that, like, you know, uh, maybe there is a more of a middle ground that, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of coaches, because like, the pros are like, I mean, if you're the eighth or ninth person, you, like, you just know your rotation, you know what you're going to play. That does give you confidence knowing that, hey, if I brick three shots here, I'm not going to get pulled forever. Like, there, there, there is something to, to that. But on the other hand, like if you're out there and you're not just missing shots, but it's just not, it doesn't look right. And Quinn's got, you know, we think maybe two wings or maybe Jawan Morgan, maybe, maybe Jarrell Bradley. I, who, I don't know what he has on the bench that we could see. Um, but we, we just don't get the, as much minutes to see with that because the Jazz don't really pull the trigger uh, on uh, making those moves. Let me, let me ask you guys something. Um, I, I don't, I know. I don't know how much Logan watched the Exum years and whatnot, but but think about the fact that Dante Exum had a short lease with the Jazz. You know, whatever. Jazz fans always complain about that. And and then you know you know Quinn gets a is a favorite in Shelvin Mack, and he's getting minutes that people don't like. Uh, and you know then Dennis Lindsay makes sure to let him walk away and end up. I don't know if it, no if he's even in the league anymore, but he was on on the Magic. Um, and now, you know, the guy that people don't want to see get in minutes is George Niang. And, you know, he still seems to be, he's going to be that ninth guy, you know, whether jazz fans like it or not. So riddle me this. I mean, do you, do we want Quinn Snyder to be given the minutes to people that the, the fans think should be getting minutes or do you want to let him divvy out the minutes how he wants like what do we actually want what is our expectation Lowen I, I, I don't think Quinn is unique and that he has blind spots for certain people I'm, I'm sure that if we dug into every coach um, they've all got blind spots for certain for certain spots in certain places um, so I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's unique I don't, I don't think he's unique in that regard um, I don't know that uh, Quinn necessarily should be listening to what the fans have to say. I don't. I don't know that. I mean, obviously he's he's uh, 
you, you would hope that he has he, he understands the game better than the rest of us on Twitter. Otherwise, there's some some real questions that need to be answered. So <laughs> I think that I think that I think that he does. I think he does know. Um, I don't think he's perfect. Um, so I mean, I, I I just don't know. I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm not gonna get swayed from my original stance before the season started that it's it's really all about the top eight guys. Um, so if, if, if Oni did get some minutes in the first game and made no impact and really it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of Nolan void, you know? So, um, I, I don't think, I don't think too many coaches will go that deep on their bench, you know, unless foul trouble or injuries causes it anyway. So I don't, think I mean, unless we're talking I, I, Greg Popovich, I think you're right. I think there's like no other coach yeah. in the league that runs like a, a 10 man, 11 man rotation, except for like, Bud up in, in, uh, whatever that stupid place is called. Uh, Milwaukee. Wow. Uh, just, uh, so I'm starting to all the Milwaukee listeners, uh, go Packers. Um, so this is, uh, um, interesting. Cause like, here's the thing, Jared, Logan, and I, people on Twitter, we don't have all the information, right? We, you know, Quinn Snyder, the coaching staff, the jazz players, you know, the things that we see game footage and we're like, Oh, well, this guy should probably be here. That should match up. But these guys, I'm a practice all together. They do they do a lot of other stuff that we don't, as a public, don't get to see. And that's why it's always hard for me to criticize someone on, uh, you know, a coach, any coach, really on rotations, because like, yeah, I mean, I personally believe, like, I was like, oh boy, it'd be nice to see what, you know, like the show of Macchio's right was, the Jazz weren't going anywhere. Why try to win games when you have a high draft pick that you want to, you know, get experience on and um, get in, but if Exum wasn't even doing that stuff in practice, and he needs to be taught a lesson, like it's like, hey, look at what Shelvin Max does that you should be doing in the game and in practice, and you know maybe that's a way for someone to teach and someone else to learn, and maybe like George Yang is just so does all all those things right in the practice that Mie One and uh, Shaq Harrison and Juwan Morgan don't do on a consistent basis. And Chris Snyder is basing his decision off all those factors. And so, you know, again, you know, George Yang, I, I try not to be too harsh on. Uh, like, I, I really have nothing against them. I think his minutes are, they're, they are what they are. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, like, uh, I, I, there's just this not enough information for me sitting at home on my computer going, Oh boy, we're just getting torched by Lou Dort. Which, you know, you know, it would really help this, uh, six, three point guard that long arm Shaq Harrison would probably do a lot better. Cause I don't know. I mean, Shaq Harrison is returning from injuries. So there's that Mione has been with the system for a while. And if he's not doing all the things that you're supposed to do in practice or, um, not in the game, uh, all these other little things, then yeah, maybe, maybe there's a reason. But that's, um, true. Yeah. that's true. And even on paper, though, I mean, if you look at it on paper, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, whether it's a Quinn creation or not, Niang's played meaningful NBA minutes on a good team for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, Oni was a Oni was a essentially a G League guy for most of the season last year. Right. So. Right. Um, and then and then Shaq Harrison was a what, what, what was he for the Bulls? Second backup third string point point guard for the bulls yeah, I mean, it's, it's, third point guard. he was like they're, he's the ninth man he played like 10 to 12 yeah minutes. The, the ninth man on the bulls so yeah. Uh, um yeah and like and the other thing is that like uh the jazz team um, uh, it's like it's it's uh what, what's i'm looking for when when you gel together right um if you if if if, if that if that nine man crew just knows each other knows where everyone's gonna be but then all of a sudden you like take somebody out and throw a new cog in there it, you know, it might not mesh as well because you know you don't have as many as many minutes with each other, right? And so that uh, the chemistry it throws off the uh, the on court chemistry. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Spe- speaking of chemistry and, and meaningful chemistry, uh, what one thing I didn't include was the the chemistry between uh, Rudy and Connolly so far early on has been pretty impressive. Um, oh yeah, they, they, they've Let's seemed talk to about Mike Conley. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's been awesome. Just is he is he thirty five million dollar um, Memphis Mike yet, guys? Twenty seven point eight. He's playing like twenty seven point yeah. Like we we called him out for you know not playing like a ten million dollar player and like 
he's been one of the, you know, I think Logan said one of the Jazz two best players this year. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Mike, yeah, I mean, a, I mean, a, a, analytically, right? That's the where the Rudy, the Rudy becomes the Rudy. But to the eyeball test, Mike Connolly has. If you if you don't understand the intricacies of the screen assist and all the other <laughs> wonderful things Rudy does, then uh, Mike Connolly to the eyeball has been the best player on the court, right? Well, did you so. you you got to watch the OKC game down the stretch? I, I felt like Rudy pretty much displayed his his uh, value on defense. Uh, yeah, no, in, yeah, no, in that sure, fourth quarter, Con- right? In my opinion. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. That was that was an interesting thing as I was listening to the lock the lock oh. podcast. It was all the things that he was talking about, and like it, it's 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 wild to me to understand if he really understands all those things in his brain. He's like a he's like a cyborg then. But no, the last the last <laughs> few possessions, the last the last few possessions, he was money. He was absolutely he was great. I'm just saying that Connolly is the guy who, you know, in the first half when things didn't seem to be going well, and any of those games seemed to be kind of holding it all together. And the part I didn't anticipate was seeing how well he would mesh with Rudy. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of really good pick and rolls, a lot of, a lot of different things that seemed to be, uh, we didn't see much from last year. So that's, that's, that's something to feel good about because it almost seems like we got point Don, even when, when Connolly's in the game, Don brings the ball up the court, right. And everything runs through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a secondary ball handler, it, it seems like, it seems like Connolly's taken a more active role. I don't know if he's made, taken, been more active or he's just, made more out of those moments but yeah. um that's that's been a bright spot to me is to see how well he meshes because i don't I, again it's not you know there the the i was as guilty as anyone being on the conley roller coaster and what i had to settle on was i just don't know there is no there's no body of evidence to know we've had good we've had bad i do trust the jazz front office enough to know if they if they gave up that much for him and they understand the game far more than i'll ever understand they, they knew something was there so uh that doesn't always mean it translates but so far it's looked good uh Good down the stretch, but no, yeah, Rudy's Rudy's a monster. It's just I don't know how he does the things he does defensively. Shout out to our to friend of the pod Amber because uh, she was like, "That's your two hundred and five million dollar problem during that game," <laughs> and she was saying that she loved how they were challenging Rudy at the rim, and I'm like, "Well, I kind of love this too. <laughs> Look at what's yeah, it's happening. Not, it's, <laughs> it's not going to end well for you. That's it usually doesn't. So yeah, well, I loved uh, that Rudy quote after the game. He's like, "It didn't seem like such a good strategy." <laughs> That um uh, uh yeah so Mike Conley um uh, he heard us uh, he heard me last year remember like it might take Mike Conley a year to get there hey fast forward a year we're here um but uh so yeah the Mike Conley Rudy Gobert chemistry looking good Joe Ingles Derek Favors chemistry looking good um, yeah they didn't miss a they didn't miss a beat man that was like <laughs> oh man and and Talk Mike has looked good with Derek too man like I, I feel like everybody looks good with Derek yeah um uh, Boyan I'm a I think the thing is that Boyan acclimated with the Jazz team much faster than Mike Connolly is, but like now that Mike, a year into the system, might actually be acclimated. Like him, uh, he's, he's still a flamethrower, man. He's awesome. Yeah, um, you know, if Donovan and Boyan kind of get on track to like not be as, uh, you know, the word of the day, inconsistent or consistent, you know, um, the Jazz team could get scary again. Like him, uh, let's see if this Jazz from the, from the preseason and game one. Jacking up threes uh, whenever whenever they had the green light, um, uh, is really there. But um, uh, I guess we're, we're real, I mean, and you know, Logan mentioned him already. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, just doing what he does. Um, uh, he even got he even got praise from uh, you know, infamous um, uh, Twitter jazz Twitter. Uh, uh, what, what do you call? What do you used to call John Cena, uh, Logan? The most controversial um, uh, Pol- polarizing. Polarizing, yes. Thank you. Uh, McKay, the most polarizing jazz fan um, on Twitter, said that even Clarkson them going to the basket is uh, something that none of the jazz guards do. So, um, yeah, um, uh, really nice. Uh, that, you know, there, there have been bright spots for the jazz. Um, again, we're we're talking something about three games in. We have we have no idea, folks. Like I have no idea. Like I can't tell you if the jazz are a championship team. I can't tell you if they're going to be in the bottom part of the playoffs. Um, but they've, they've had some bright spots. Um, and again, we're, we're all just trying to get some more data to see how the jazz team is going to do before we, we start to freak out. At least I am. Um, but yeah, they well, I, I, I think, I think part of what is, is what kind of Jared touched on earlier is it's, it's absolutely too early to tell what's going on, but I think, uh, it's just when you see similar patterns, it like, it's, it's like the avalanche effect. It's like the PTSD thing. Right. So, uh, I think all of our hopes is that they, 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 they are better, and there's still a chance to do that. They still won two of those three games, so um, that is a bright spot. Donovan did get a go-ahead bucket to win, which doesn't always happen. 
So, you know, you take, you take the baby steps where you can. And, and I, again, I think the next, I think the, 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 the two games they got coming up is, uh, yeah, they got the you know, Suns. early in, early in this, they got the Suns, and they got the Clippers back to back. Yeah. New Year's yeah, Eve. So that, and the, and the yeah. Suns have looked really good. So that should be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. I'm going to miss that tomorrow night. Jazz Twitter's going to, going to melt. Jared's got a, Jared's got a New Year's Eve date. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You got a date with work. With Quinn. Look, but Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi is back. He was back tonight with his Hannibal Lecter mask. Um, it looks like he, it looks like he's wearing his mask like backwards. It looks like he took the parts that were supposed to be like the mask and he punched them out incorrectly. And he's wearing like the, the, the outside circles <laughs> of the mask. It looks like someone gave him the wrong instructions. It's, it's interesting. But. Yeah, that mask looked really strange, man. Like, well, yeah, that whole I've big never, hole never, in the middle of it seemed odd. I've never seen one like that, and it was on crooked and sideways, like like, like a kid dressing himself. That's um, like and, quiet. And because, Why be quiet? Like, yeah, that that was very quiet. You're right. That's what somebody said. And, and and I was listening to something else. I don't know if I saw it or read it, but someone was talking about like optimistically hoping that like Paul George or Kawhi might still be out because Kawhi might still have his face being hurt, and then that because it's so early in the season they played some games, Paul George might be resting. And then like I saw Kawhi come back tonight, and I looked at the thing. I'm like, no, they're they're both definitely playing in Utah. <laughs> uh, and so it was it, it i don't know the the I, I think that chris paul is doing what we expected him to do right i don't think that's really surprising no like um, the suns um, uh, look like i mean uh, i mean a lot of the west teams chris kind paul of only like, had to play 23 minutes in a win last night it was that was yeah. crazy well and, 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 uh, and the, th- the thing is the clippers the clippers had obviously had that atrocious that the that the uh the uh paul george is still on christmas vacation yeah, excuse me, rolled out. Wow. Did you hear? Did you hear that he said his reason was he was like yeah. locked up in Christmas mode or something? And yep. That guy. That it was guy like the stupidest get... thing. And 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 the Dallas had just played the night before. You're like, are you serious? Such an idiot. He, he just can't get out of his own way sometimes, and it blows my mind that like he's, he can just step step in it. He's like the dude. He's like the least self aware player in the NBA. I swear. Like what in the world with that guy? So you just you just say you just say nothing. You don't make an excuse. You know, you just say, "Yeah, I was terrible tonight," and you give him coach speak and you move on. Got a bus kick, uh, Logan. Maybe, um, uh, maybe the reason the Jazz um uh, didn't look so great the last two games is because um uh, their shots missed instead of made. You know? Yeah, it's uh, a it's a maker it's a maker miss league. So really, on, that's I, what it, what it all comes down to. Sorry. Before we move, we move on, I gotta I gotta edit into like I gotta steal the jumps make or miss uh, opening and and type and uh, edit it in here at this mark. Okay, got it. So it's a make a myth league. <laughs> no, I'm not actually gonna do that. But Logan, I'm uh, you, you know, at, 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 if you're not following Logan's Twitter, you really should um, at Dragon Squatch. Um, uh, you know, nobody else has that handle. It's at Dragon Squatch. Um, uh, Logan, um, uh, what did you tweet out? I just said, can someone explain to me what it means to be a make or miss league? So it's like a generic term that we hear thrown out often. And I wasn't, in, I had like a thought as to what I thought it meant, but you know, after doing further research, Jared was good about sending me some stuff and giving me explanations. But if you dig into it, like there's actually like conflicting theories as to what that means. I actually mean the opposite of that. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure what it, I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll let one of you guys go first as to what your interpretation of make or miss league was, and then I'll tell you what I found because it's 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 interesting. Well, did you find my thing about the it being a Van Gundyism, or did you find something else? Yeah, I found the, I found the Van Gundy one, which is essentially saying that uh, again, this is a very vague version that, that essentially players make the players have to make plays, right? Players got to make shots, right. so scheme schemes don't always matter. Uh, whatever, all these different things don't seem to matter. One of the, one of the first ones I read actually was very, very crude in the fact that it said like that schemes don't matter. Essentially, players make plays. It doesn't matter what you try offensively or defensively. Players are going to make plays and they have to make shots. The version you sent me was a little more kind to that. It wasn't necessarily completely disregarding scheming. So it, it's if, if if you're a if you're a believer of that that uh, essentially players make shots, then what are we all really doing? Nothing really matters. Coaching doesn't matter. Nothing really matters. You just hope your guys make shots that night, which is like kind of, at least from my perspective, disheartening. Because it's like, then really, what does it, any of it mean? It's just a game of chance that you hope works in your favor. Um, so that was that was the Van Gundy side. The other one, the other the other one I saw was I don't even know who wrote it. It was it was actually taking the other direction. It's not 
it's it's a make or miss league that it wasn't it's not about whether the shot goes in or misses it's about the quality of the shot and how you got to that shot and that to me then lends itself to scheme right so though it was kind of interesting to find conflicting conflicting arguments on what it meant to be a make or miss league but it it, it appears though it came from Pat Riley and Van Gundy's a descendant of oh, Pat really? Riley so it, it, yeah that's, uh. that's where it I guess it started with 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 when it makes sense because Van Gundy is a Riley tree disciple Right. So that would that does make a lot of sense actually. So it's I, I think interesting it, how there could, there's different interpretations of what that actually means though. Which cuz I think I feel like on the jump they they always just they dumb everything down on that show. And all they talk about is LeBron and then like who's going up against LeBron, which is I don't know. I, I feel like it waters down the NBA as a whole. Uh I I feel like they have repeatedly discredited any MVP that's not LeBron. And it's just like that's what Rachel Nichols' whole thing is. She talks about how if you're giving the MVP to one guy, it would be LeBron every year. She's just a shill for LeBron James, and it's kind of I don't know. It feels it feels like the ESPN should be able to do better because that doesn't help market your product when it comes to the NBA. And they have they play a lot of NBA games on there that don't have LeBron in them. So why do you want to make it all about one person? It it just doesn't make sense to me. For so more I, of uh, Jared's LeBron thoughts, uh, follow his blog. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, Twitter is a micro <laughs> blog. So. No, what you're saying. No, I, I just, I, 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 now I, I, I've never watched the jump, but now that I'm a big Kendrick Perkins supporter, I'll have to <laughs> yep. set my DVR to to record Big Perk. Yeah, uh, uh, Perk per, per hey, is my favorite. That show is so much better when someone besides Rachel Nichols hosts. I'll just say that Rachel Nichols, ESPN. <laughs> ESPN. You guys, you guys uh, saw her face when she did that. Too, when I said that too, right? No. The Rachel Nichols face. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But but when you uh, when you when you're talking about the jump, Jared, what is it? How do they? How are they? It's called maker. So how are they interpreting? Are they interpreting it that it's just players got to make plays? Or well, they have a segment. It's called it's a maker miss league, and then they have yeah, a ton of has, different people saying it, like. Uh, it has nothing to do with make. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, really. Yeah, it really uh, does. Okay. All right, Logan. So, make or miss or screen assist? Oh wow, that would, that would better than I thought. I didn't even say it in my head. That was impressive. That was a. I know. Thank you. Yeah, but it, but I almost thought you said something else. So make or. <laughs> okay. No. no if you, I mean, put, make, if you listen make, to it on playback, you'll hear it. Okay. <laughs> Uh-huh. Make or make or miss is generic coach speak, so I've got no time for that. No matter which way you choose to interpret it, it's just generic. You know, <laughs> if, 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 there, if there's already, a, I think Jared summed it up as players make plays, and I'm like, if you can describe one coach speak with another coach speak, I got no time for it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's yeah, essentially. I kind what of it agree is. with you in that respect. Um, I I I feel like you kind of opened my eyes on the fact that it's just a stupid NBA platitude, and it's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it reminds least, me of that. Uh, wait, sorry, it reminds me of that scene in Bull Durham, where uh, Crash Davis is teaching him a meet, like how to talk to the media. He's like, "Well, those are boring." He's like, "Of course it's boring." You say it, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so, so, so it seems like when the NBA uses that term, though, what they're talking about is essentially players got to make plays. They're not necessarily talking about a deeper, a deeper conversation, which is it's you should focus on the shot they got and not the end result. It's more about players got to make plays. I guess is that is that a fair assessment? Is that's the way the, the at least the the loudest that we dub the most important NBA talking heads call it. But. Well, I think I think um, it it goes into execution. Like you can coach them up as much as you want, but the players need to be able to execute what what you've given them the blueprint. Oh, see, I thought of it as like I'm, uh, you know, like even if you um uh, you run everything correctly and you take the right shot, sometimes the ball goes in and sometimes it doesn't. You know, like oh yeah, yeah, see, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a game of chance in that res- in that yeah, respect. Yeah, because when I when I first looked it up, seventy five percent of what I found was the Van Gundyism, which is what Jared's saying. But the one that I read, and, I, and maybe this is his, maybe this wasn't anyone else's opinion. This, this this own his own take, and I wish I could credit him for who it was. But he was describing the Danny Green shot in the finals, that wide open three that he missed. They executed the play perfectly. He had a great look. All the things happened that were supposed to, and he yeah, just but it's missed Danny the shot. Green. Yeah, but well, well, what I'm saying is he missed. His, but Danny Green's made a lot of good big shots in his career. What I'm saying is that that was a different take on you know you 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 execute everything you're supposed to, and the players still didn't make the shot. So, uh, but yeah, 75 percent of what I found was essentially more along the lines of 
you know. Yeah, that's I, I guess so, uh, yeah, that, that's and like Jared and I interpreted it differently, so that it works. <laughs> yeah, uh, and which is, is completely fine, honestly. Like, all right, folks, uh, and so um, uh, we're doing a screen assist count. I believe uh, Rudy Gobert has uh, in three games amassed seventy-five screen assists for a total of five hundred points for the Jazz, which is awesome. Um, Logan, uh, guess what? Guess what time it is? Oh, Rudy, is it Nugget Pouch time? I, I hope it's Nugget Pouch time. Nugget Pouch time. Yeah, hold on, I gotta find my Nugget Pouch. <laughs> uh, let me dig around here. You gotta, you gotta, keep, you gotta keep that available. <laughs> TJ's giggling in the room as she hears me digging for my Nugget Pouch. Um, so oh, boy, uh, as the Nugget Pouch took a turn, and I, I was thinking about saying, I'm not really sure why we do this segment, but uh, <laughs> I guess we're just leaning into the fact that I'm, I guess I'm a Nuggets fan. Um, and but uh, I thought you just like you like researching this weird stuff, so I'm like, cool, go for it. I do. I mean, I, every day I'm like, I don't want to do it this time. Then I find some weird rabbit hole. I'm like, oh my god, I got, I got information for one more week. So uh, <laughs> Antonio McDice very delicately handed his nuggets off to our boy Rafe LaFrance. Uh, and and last week we, I think it was kind of cool to go down uh, memory lane and look at some of the players drafted in that draft. Um, so I was like, what else does Rafe have to offer us? And I wasn't sure we'd get too much. And I was scrolling and I was looking, I'm like, oh, they, Rafe might kill the nugget pouch. He <laughs> might do it. Um, and then I found something, something very, very nice. A couple, a couple little nuggets for a couple for Rafe's little nuggets. Um, he, you're right. Who he did tear his ACL in his first year. So that did happen. He only played like 12 games his rookie season. Um, but then he was able to get himself into the NBA all-star weekend rookie challenge as a, as a sophomore, which didn't make any sense because there was never sophomores in the game before, but in that, that, that's, that, that's not really that exciting. What is interesting is, do we all remember the Jason Williams iconic elbow pass? Oh, yes. go behind his, the receiver of the elbow pass was none, none other than Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> Ooh, that's beautiful. The best part is he didn't make the shot. <laughs> no, one, no, no. No one even cared. It's like Mark McGuire had the home run record, but didn't make the playoffs. Like no one cares because we were so. It says he was fouled, so we were mesmerized by the pass. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So, so he was the he was the receiver of the J the of the Jason Williams um, elbow pass. Um, also, one other interesting little point here to tie into one of our this talking points a few weeks ago. He was traded many many times. Uh, one of the trades was uh, one of the trades involved Portland. Uh, it, it involved a draft pick. That draft pick eventually turned into none other than Brandon Roy. So I think oh, that really? uh, <laughs> someone got the short end of the stick, and Portland was the winner of that trade. So uh, you know, <laughs> it was it was interesting. He is Brandon Roy, and he is Jason Williams. So trades are trades are funny. Like just like I mean, like you you can like kind of trace things back to like how like the Darko Milicic trade, right? how it got to where it got to. And then it's like, Oh, weird. And now everybody wants to protect their picks, like from one to whatever, because they're scared of that happening again, you know? And, yeah. Uh, or like that yeah, crazy yeah. Knicks pick that finally became Gordon Hayward. It took like forever to convey. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, like, the, the, the original pick he was traded for was number seven, which was, was turned out to be Randy Foy, which <laughs> they then traded Randy Foy for Brandon Roy. So it's kind of a, a lot of people messed that one up. Yeah, um, because Rand, Randy Foy, Brandon Roy, and Rafe LaFrance, one of these is not like the others. Um, <laughs> but that, but that kind of goes back to like the NBA's fascination with big men. Like we were talking, I think we talked about this last podcast about how they still they still go big more often than they go small. And I think the the terrible reference I gave was uh, Kevin. I mean, as far as recency, was Kevin Durant and uh, LeBron James' dad, Greg Oden. And that was a long time ago, but we, they just did it a couple of years ago. Aiton got taken number one overall over. Uh, who else was in the, the Aiton draft? Aiton, Luca, Luca and Trey. Well, yeah, Trey. So, exactly. So again, the NBA went back to their old formula of give me the big guy, and I think that's. I mean, Aiton will turn into whatever he turns into, but so far, uh, Luca and Trey have been much better than that. And the NBA right. always continue continues to do it. They always go big. There's something about a big man they always just get infatuated with. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like well, we talked about like how. The guys that were athletic freaks or like just physical freaks, Giannis, LeBron, uh, Katie, Kawhi, like guys that have like physical tools that you just can't, you know, like like big cast would always say or um, uh, Enzo would always say, you can't teach that, right? 
um, there's something, yeah, you can't teach height. And so, um, I mean, the, the Phoenix one was, uh, you know, Arizona, Phoenix. They they already, they, they felt, you know, Devin Booker, a lot of things. But still, I mean, height, height eventually won out. Um, yeah, and so, and that's why, you know, I, let's not get back into this about the Donovan Mitchell um, physical limitations. But, well, uh, but, but is it, what, what's crazy is as much as we thought the NBA was changing all of two years ago, two years ago, three years ago, they, the same the same choices were being made, right? Right, and right, That's right. what's wild is we're saying the, the, the traditional big man is obsolete, right? And it's not the way the game is played anymore. But And it's and Phoenix isn't special in that. It, there's, every team has nearly done it. But it always what, what always what really made me start thinking about it was the Darren Williams draft class, right, with Williams and Paul, who seemed like – based upon what they did in their college careers, especially Chris Paul, that they were just, you know, much better players than Andrew Bogut. I mean, I love the youths, but I mean, it was just, it, it was, it, again, it was, it, it was the infatuation with the, with the big, and it just, it still lives on. It's still, when push comes to shove, you know, mm-hmm. that's the way they go. Uh, I mean, and it's interesting. Cause like, like obviously Darren had the biggest, the better peak years as a player than Andrew Bogut, but Andrew Bogut, lasted longer and has championships right so it is interesting in that respect i guess that bogut was yeah still- but, but, it, but at one you don't want a role player you want you know no yeah different. yeah right 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 but like even but like even that like i mean that was one but well the the big man i mean as tony jones he has that bet going with uh uh what's the trips beat writer eric walden uh-huh. um well one of them anyways uh he has that bet going that, that Tony Bradley will be in the league for, for 10 years or whatever, just because of height. And it's kind of interesting, you know, I guess we'll, we'll see in the next 10 years. Cause Tony Bradley to most of us doesn't look like an NBA player. I mean, maybe a third big, maybe, um, but That's he has true. Height. You, see, you see a lot of those jazz guys and jazz, a lot of the, a lot of the jazz guys who would be retreads on multiple teams because they're seven feet tall. And then someone like booty, can't even get on an NBA team. So yeah, um, yeah. it's Let's interesting. It. You can't teach height. Yeah. Um, you can't teach height, Jared. Um, uh, go, this is 49 on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, um, man, you didn't give me a, I guess we're going to have to create a segment, but a very special segment called sexual favors. Oh yeah. Because Derek favors, and the ladies love him. Uh, I can attest. There's like a million ladies thirsty for Derek favors on, online. <laughs> is Derek favors is Derek favors married? Uh, he has a quote unquote fiance, but essentially yes. <laughs> quote unquote fiance, essentially yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been together a long time. They have kids I, together. I was, I was like. I, I I thought it was a very like redundant way of saying like yeah he's got a well, yeah, well I mean <laughs> they haven't they only have lived together on and off I, I really don't know what's going on there personally do I don't you know have why a, they haven't tied the knot I don't I don't know why they haven't tied the knot okay Jared well that's your sexual favors of uh, uh sexual favors yeah. research yeah, favors. we'll find yeah, out I was, gonna, I was gonna say do you have a sexual favor for us right now or is, uh, is that something you're asking for I mean <laughs> from who though like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds nasty. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know where this this has gone off the rails. Um, so anyway, Jared's gonna go find out for us uh, why Derek Favors. Derek Favors, he's gonna ask him straight up, like, why haven't you um, uh, taken no, care no, of that? No, 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 no. On no, it, no, so. no. I'll message. I'll message uh, Shivoli. Go, go do some research there, sir. I'll message. Um, <laughs> Logan, um, uh, you are. Uh, you know, enjoying the holidays with the fam. You're at Dragon Squatch on Twitter. Go follow him for more, you know, no pun intended, nuggets uh, of wisdom. Um, you know, join join some Zoom parties that they host. Um, and um, uh, maybe one day we can get back on the Squatch Pod. Yeah, and, but proceed with caution. I mean, I don't want you know, if you come to follow me, there's gonna be a lot of inappropriate things and humor. Um, uh, you know always hesitant to share sometimes to share a, a sports related take on a Twitter machine because it, it becomes so polarizing and it's hard to have a discussion, but uh, you know, it's, we, we have, we have fun on there. I, I do want to give a shout out. I mean, it's been a, a guy on there. I haven't done in a while. Uh, Derek Stager. Um, his handle is Lowell L O W E L L three, two, one. He participates in my daily Kobe, Kobe tweet session. 
And, uh, you know, one of these days, one of these days, that, that, that gif he shoots out with Tony Jones trying to dunk, Tony Jones is going to get the dunk one of these days. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, by the way, I, I'd, be remiss, be I'd be remiss if I didn't say um, that I'm disappointed in myself for not suggesting we do a moment of silence for Ty Jordan. Because uh, he had a big effect on Utah sports. Like, uh, even the Jazz did a moment of silence for him. Um, I just want every, all my Ute fans, Cougar fans, everybody, you know, because everybody showed love. I want I want to thank all everybody for kind of coming together. I really hope, uh, you know, the community is able to do, do more for that family. Um, yeah. Anyways. Rest in peace, Ty. All right, then. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, big sports weekend for uh, everybody. Um, thanks for, you know, Happy New Year, guys, 2020. Uh, uh, 2020 is uh, coming to an end. 2021 starting. 2021, we got, think about us. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of jazz basketball um, uh, coming up. I'm uh, approximately... 68 more games at least <laughs> um so yeah so uh guys it's been a fun year with you Jay, thanks you guys for um uh always you know you know being willing to come on and just talk jazz basketball and the many many topics of jazz basketball that we can take here and um uh, hopefully 2021 is a better year for everybody so um thanks for joining in and we'll talk to you guys later mm-hmm.